0: Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. I might create a new game. I looked at creating a game that just had four pockets on I looked at the table, we started playing it. I went, you know what, I like this. It's a cross between Paul and Snooker.
1: Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. Off the Ball Daily. And you're welcome along. So it is a Tuesday evening. We have a great show for you. Brian O'Driscoll is in studio between 8 and 9. Tony Cascarino is in studio... After nine, we'll also talk Newcastle in that football show hour. And this hour, Colin Boyle on the opening weekend of the All Ireland football series. So that is the plan. Five three one zero six is very much the text number, and you can get us at Off the Ball on Twitter. Please do. Michael McCarthy here in studio. Hello. Hey Joe. And Richie McCormick, you are there as ever. Hello. Lads, how are you? Very well. So uh, Brian Driscoll in studio. He'll be must be said mostly looking back on Leinster La Rochelle. but tomorrow Munster fans fear not. We have Wednesday night rugby. Keith Wood and Fiona Hayes. Fiona probably wearing a Larrishell uh, jersey. Um, I, looking I, a- I looking ahead to Munster.
2: Said that earlier, and Arthur actually, grimaced. you went. You are questioning like the the most Irish of uh, Irish rugby people in Fiona Hayes. Like you know what I, I mean. Am. I, I would imagine she was
1: cheering on Leinster. I would imagine there is no chance. (laughs) We'll
2: find out tomorrow. We'd love to get a straight answer. No, Jonah, why won't you answer the question you haven't been asked?
1: (laughs) No chance was she cheering on Leinster. So Munster fans, we'll get into URC final tomorrow. uh, But tonight, it's uh, one more rubbing of salt into the wounds and picking over the carcass of Leinster La with Brian O'Driscoll in the studio. And it shall be picked over in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There'll be nothing left, Joe. Yeah. I saw, him go- I saw him going through. He was on his Instagram stories later on. Like, it, like he has freeze frames. For those who doubt the minutiae that Brian goes into when he's yeah. looking into these games again, like he's picking out tiny little things, at uh, rucks and breakdowns and all that kind of thing. So it's uh, it's actually fascinating to get a look behind the screen when he does that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, well, I think he likes to watch a game 45 times after it's happened before he pops into the studio. So he tends to have stuff written down. Um, yes, so that's on the way. There's rumours band of a slight oh, tangent Those rumours are, to be
2: confirmed. I would say they have a lot of uh, credence, credence oh. yes, yeah, credibility is oh. what I was going to say there. Yes. Exciting. So, um, I would suggest that if people want us to talk about certain things, that there's a certain
1: email address they should get in in the next 24 hours. That's a good point. A slight tangent at offtheball.com. A slight tangent at offtheball.com. There is obviously a lot to talk about. This week it's a perfect week uh, for it. So get in touch. We haven't done it in several weeks, I think, at this stage. So uh, that's coming at you uh, tomorrow. That is the plan. And we'll also talk Newcastle in the uh, football show, as well as Tony Cascarino in studio. Uh, The Tony Cascarino interview, uh, in some respects, it breaks my heart um, because he was over to promote a short feature. He has recorded with Virgin Media and we get into some incredibly interesting territory with him towards the end of the conversation, at which point he just simply had to go. He was required elsewhere for the premiere of the short uh, video, but an extraordinary situation in his family life, whereby he hasn't seen his son, uh, one of his children, in ten years from the age of six, 16, from a former marriage. Things were acrimonious and difficult, and he's about to be reunited with his son this summer. So he talked about that and we could have talked to him for another hour, I suspect, about that subject. But that is very much part of the conversation. And we did say to him and he was very much amenable um, that we would pick it up again. So we will do that for sure with Tony Cascarino, maybe in the next week or two. I mean, why wait? Um, Mm. But a good chat nonetheless, coming with them after nine o'clock, followed by Newcastle. Man, it's funny. Everything about Newcastle is so good except for the obvious With this like massive cloud yeah. over
2: for a lot of people and then like i wonder if you don't experience that cloud if you don't if, if you are immune to the, the the rain and the shelter that the cloud brings yeah you know is it in any way you know is this just magic like i mean in some ways newcastle coming from where they have if you try and take the Saudi stuff out of it and the state ownership which in case people are listening in and think we have an issue with Saudi whatever you know like take the state ownership out of it and you think where they've come from and that you know they casually easily qualify for the Champions League last night Yeah, how amazing that must be but you know I think most of us aren't immune to that cloud unfortunately
1: yeah and the thing about the ownership is it's not been a case of spending stupid money No that's actually a key point I think the key achievement point. is an
2: achievement here yeah. regardless of whether you like it or not like I mean the, the wage bill isn't up there with top four teams <coughs> not to mention the fact that they've just kind of come from nowhere it, it, these things build over time they're not due to be in the Champions League quite yet yeah. We, I think we will see a lot of money spent now uh, now that they're at that level and we'll, they'll be a very interesting team to watch next year but in fairness like I, uh, the whole the job Eddie Howe done is
1: such a cliché but in fairness, the job Eddie Howe has done. I wanted to resist <laughs> it for a time, but there's no arguing anymore. They've spent 250 million, give or take, since the takeover, which is pretty much what Spurs have spent for uh, contact. So you're talking.
2: Yeah, I always, th- I, I always don't like though transfer fees being the way of like I mean as, as a, a Villa fan that that would be thrown at you you always have to remember what you're spending transfer fees on Spurs are spending that on a couple of players building on a team that were already Champions League ready Newcastle are basically starting from scratch yeah. and they haven't they've got players that, that have survived that, that were there in the Benitez era that are still there and have been improved, you know, and also it, it's all about wage bill because I mean, when you just do a transfer fees, you have Man City down the list because they spent 60 million on Haaland and people are giving them A pluses for their True. transfer acumen, but nothing
1: to do with the wages that are, they're giving the guy. Like, yeah, you know? well, Kieran Kelly from the Newcastle Evening Chronicle would join us in the football show and explain all. But uh, if you want a sense of their transfer spending, for instance, I know it's not the full picture, but it is Trippier for 12 million, ESAC. Their most expensive signing, 60 million. I think that will turn out to be very good value long term. Bruno Gmeurerish for 35 million. That's a steal. Best of the lot. Oh, isn't it just? Yeah. Yeah. Dan Byrne, 13 million. Nick Pope, 10 million. Not to mention the improvements that Howe has managed to prompt in so many players who were already there. So again, you know, 20 years on from Bobby Robson and that Champions League team, fresh from the 90s when they were everybody's second uh, favorite team, there'd be a lot of love for them right now. Mm. Were it not for the great big. Saudi club, yeah. You didn't mention the 40
2: million just thrown away on uh, my favorite player, Anthony Gordon, Anthony in there Gordon. as well. You know, like, don't like there is, there, there's definitely going to be more, like, again, what is the what is it that makes uh, the Manchester City thing? It's always about the spending, it's like, and so like they can afford Calvin Phillips to not work out. Mm. Likewise, Newcastle can now afford Anthony
1: Gordon to be a massive mistake and never play for him again. You know, yeah, that's always the difference here would Mick care so much about Sadie investment if they'd bought Aston Villas as Jason Yes. oh he'd have a towel on his head would you stop
0: he'd have a Birmingham jersey (laughs) on his
1: his back as well
2: no I would I certainly would I I mean that's why I never understand when Manchester United fans are kind of like you know oh, you know, it'll be, you know, oh, the the ship has sailed here, you know, the horse has bolted, what could you do? It's like, I think it's a nightmare. I think it's 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 absolutely what you don't want. But then then what happens after that? Maybe you start getting a little bit more defensive and you start knowing certain nuances that aren't being told and you, you, you do kind
1: of turn, but it's certainly not what I would want in advance, for sure. Cascarino, Driscoll, Colin Boyle, not a bad show, lads, to be fair, says Keenan Limerick. No, it's not bad. A few um, achievements among those two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brian in Portmarnock. I watched the Brian O'Driscoll chat on YouTube earlier, lads. I'm not sure what to make of his assessment on great teams. I mean, he's better placed than most to judge, but it seems a harsh assessment. Uh, This was earlier. We'll play out the full um, piece, obviously, after eight o'clock. I suppose in uh, quick enough terms. He had said on BT Sport during a Leinster game on commentary, that he really hoped this Leinster team got over the line because in his eyes they're probably the best that Leinster have ever been this is the best Leinster team Um, and I put that to him in the conversation uh, where does it leave them now and he said well look you just can't be called great unless you win and um, you know be that Mayo or any other example you care to mention he said you just can't say they're a great team I don't think it's that controversial a view really you know
2: yeah I think that uh like Cleanser have no I agree completely actually I don't I don't agree I actually do think that Mayo are a, are a great team and I think the reason for that is it's not it's the exception that proves the rule <laughs> Dublin are <laughs> considered the greatest team of all time I'm getting a look from Arthur in there through Yeah uh, the Arthur disagrees with this we've had this conversation many times Dublin are considered the greatest team of all time Mayo pushed them to the edge many 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 times draws one point defeats etc I don't think La Rochelle are considered the best team of all time mm. Leinster are in a position where they had a home Heineken Champions Cup final against a team that they would have thought they could beat they went 17 nil up don't forget they had big leads in both those matches and didn't complete it I think that's where you go into yeah. you have to win those games to be considered a great team you can't just dominate you flat track bullies all the way through the season and not win the finals Mayor are the exception Yes and Mayor
1: were away from home <laughs> <laughs> the news round is what brought a beautiful to you moment that with was. Gillette Labs get the ultimate shave or your money back Neon Night Edition is available now
0: uh, Richie to the football so um, the Irish yep. under 17s absolutely need to win this evening they do indeed uh, they're targeting a quarter-final place in the under 17 European Championships needing a victory in their final group A game if they're to uh, progress to the last eight they made a decent fist of tonight's start indeed Luke Kerr gave them the lead after just five minutes against the tournament hosts Hungary uh, but Jake Grant has glanced a header into his own net so it's 1-1 with 12 minutes on the clock there Colin O'Brien made one change from the weekend win over Wales with UCD's Daniel Babb coming into defence for Wexford's Calum Harnett uh, Tipperary hurling manager Liam Cahill looks set to be hit with a four-week ban. The CCCC has recommended the punishment for comments made by Cahill towards linesman James Owens in tip's draw with Limerick last weekend. If the ban is accepted, then Cahill can have no involvement in the preparation of his side for this weekend's meeting with Waterford, nor a potential Munster final. That's hefty, isn't it?
1: Do you think so? Somewhat. Well, I don't know what he said. That's
2: uh, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. We know what this like. What why he was sent off and yeah, what I'm, for. I'm so. not saying
1: harsh. I'm saying hefty. As in, he must have said something. Yeah.
2: It's it's it's. I thought it was a touchline ban. I have to say. And then I was talking to Will and he was and, and Arthur and they were like, no, this is like no training. I was joking. I was saying he should be banned from picking the teeth, tra- considering the tip most likely going to play Claire mm-hmm. in the Munster final. And they were like, no, that is actually what the ban is. And it, hefty is actually a good word for it. Yeah. I. I don't mean to suggest that he's going to break the rule, but I, I do, I do wonder how it's enforced. Please don't. No, but I, I'm just wondering, like, how do you ban somebody from a private training session? There's going to be no, there's no officials at those oh, yeah. <laughs> training sessions. A rich tradition of no contact with the team rules broken in every sport. You would just imagine that he will at least have something to do with the preparation, even if he's not there or whatever, you know. So I just, at this stage of the season, how much is there to uh, lose
1: from it? I suppose, you know. There was also a degree after his red card of it was in the dying moments. I'm going. I'm going, I'm going. i just <laughs> hang on and have a look at this. Free. I'm gone, I'm gone. I'm still here. I'm having a look. I'm gone, I'm gone. I'm off. <laughs> and then the whistle blew and he's like, well, sure, I might as well walk back out of the vision she can if, if, if I'm still here. <laughs> it was the slowest departure I've ever seen. Uh, meanwhile, Giro.
0: Yeah, big news today and a big day for Irish riders. Eddie Dunbar up three places to fifth on general classification after an excellent ride on stage 16. The Corkman finished fourth on the Monte Bondone with stage victory going to Joao Almeida. Grant Thomas was second behind the Portuguese rider and regains the overall leader's Maliarosa with Dunbar three minutes and three seconds behind on GC. As I mentioned, a good day for Irish riders with Ben Healy taking the King of the Mountains jersey having been part of a breakaway earlier in the stage. Dunbar was pleased with his day's efforts. It's right, so only my second grand tour, so yeah, as I said, I think I'm, we're learning quick, and yeah, what happened we to were prepared for it. This is truly race, you know, you have to pay yourself. I know my limits, um, I had to back off a bit there, and uh, yeah, I think
2: uh, that was the moment where the race kind of went, you know, and uh, I backed my way back to Roglic and Kuz, and um, yeah, as I said, I decided on them. Kuz wrote a really good tempo um, to limit the losses. Um,
1: a yeah, uh, uh, yeah. uh, certain Mayo footballer who will remain nameless has texted to say, We were a great team, <laughs> which I like. Thanks for that, Aiden. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I'll never reveal. Although I'd love to arrange a debate with him and Brian O'Driscoll. I'd watch that. Was he a, was he a, uh, uh, was he a uh, Mayo player at that time? Oh, he's a major player of that area. Oh, yeah. right, okay. yeah. like, no, I'll stop speculating. No, don't speculate. Yeah. It's not fair. And I, to be fair, there's crying laughing face as well. So there's yeah. a degree of... No, fair play, Lee. <laughs> uh, somebody does ask, how is a GAA ban on involvement with the team policed? It's not, I suppose. Isn't that the show? The honour system. The honour system. Well, he won't be...
2: Look, he won't be on the sideline or, you know, you'd imagine in the dressing room for the Waterford game or and if they qualify for the Munster final. That's a big deal, regardless of what happens with the training. Mm. Oh, big time! Yeah, I wonder, like the who? I don't know who's responsible. This the Munster Council, or are they sending spies to Semple Stadium on Tuesday night to kind of, you know, is is like is Liam Cattle? If he does, he obviously won't break the ban, But if he did, pop into like (laughs) jump into the uh, wash baskets
0: like Mourinho. Yeah. Are they tracking his phone records to see if he's making phone calls oh. or Zoom calls or Skype calls to? to like, point. what if they? What if they rented one of those, you know, those uh, advertising trucks that drive around and have like you know, a, a, an LED screen and, on the side of it. Like, what if they get one of those, hook it up to a <laughs> Skype signal, and have Cahill operate the training session remotely? So he's not there. You know, they've got the truck parked side of the pitch. Yeah. This is absolutely. I'm just trying to explore what the limits are to this, to this ruling because it seems I don't know unless they do have somebody parked outside training Yeah, uh, monitoring this. It seems to okay. be a hard place.
1: Again, I, I, we keep making this about Liam Cahill, who, again, to stress, will absolutely abide by any ruling. But, like, what is to happen if, like, he's in the car there and his phone rings and it's Noel McGrath? Yeah. Oh, the idea that he's not going to talk
2: to the players. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, come yeah. on.
0: What if, he, what if he disguises his voice like <laughs> they used to do with political members of certain parties in the 1980s in the North? Yeah, like what's 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 the if he's using an intermediary or no? Proxy voice. It's Keem Lattle here.
1: Okay. <laughs> um, look, let's stop uh, speculating on on this specific instance. I think, uh, Vinicius. Then, so this thing is really heating up, Richie.
0: It is, yeah. Police in Spain today arrested three young men in connection with the racist abuse suffered by Vinicius Jr. on Sunday. The trio were released from custody after statements were taken and they could return to court if summoned on hate crime charges. Valencia say they helped identify the males who were aged between 18 and 21. Separately, four people have been arrested in connection with the hanging of a Vinicius effigy off a Madrid bridge back in January. They were aged between 19 and 24. And the VAR official whose decision led to Vinicius' sentence Sending off at the Mestaya on Sunday has been stood down from duty. Uh, Yeah,
1: Graeme Hunter was great on this topic Mm -hmm. last night in the football show. It's very much waiting for you on podcast or on our social channels. Well worth a listen. He was saying, interestingly, that the outcry in this instance has been far more encouraging than what he has seen or, I guess, as is the case, not seen over the past year or so when it comes to Vinicius.
2: I was going to say last night as well that like the Madrid police in after the Atletico game, you know, quickly kind of said, "Ah, look, this is just fans chanting in a sporting environment." And it did seem like that the police uh, are going to take more steps this time. <laughs> you know, it's like it, it, I, I don't know if it's that by a thousand cuts or whether it's. Coverage or why, but it definitely does seem like it is. Uh, even if we don't get satisfaction at the end of it, it's definitely a step forward. But as as Graham was saying, it, what did he say like it's not the first time he said it in his twenty years in Spain, there has been progress, but it's been painfully slow. Yeah. Um. So yeah, any progress is definitely good if you consider that.
1: Uh, love big casts, says somebody. Uh, still the oldest man to score a hat trick in league on.
2: Right. Okay. What a what a brilliant part of his story that was—the rejuvenation. Mm. Like, you I mean he was like he had a couple of didn't go well from a Chelsea, didn't go well from a Villa, or Celtic. and and Celtic, of course, yeah. And then suddenly you just go to France and Marseille and And uh, Nancy,
1: Nancy. Yeah. yeah he um, it comes up in the interview, which we'll play it after nine. He had a lot going on his personal life at the time. Just wasn't as focused as he could be. It was a bit of a like. Um, Jack, the lad as well, and English football at that time was a good time. And he said he would put on way too easily. Like he talked, uh, not to <laughs> completely undercut the whole piece, but it's always a great mate with Teddy Sheringham, who was just lean as it gets and perfect metabolism. But on a holiday one week, he said, well, I'm just going to mirror what Teddy does, what he drinks, what he eats, and let's see what happens. And Teddy came home two pounds lighter and he went home seven pounds heavier. So he just couldn't do that. And he was booed on his debut at Stamford Bridge. That's how unpopular a signing it was in 1992. Having gone to Villa and Celtic, booed on his debut, scored two goals, got man the match, but was booed. And then in France, he got really serious. He got really lean. He got really fit and had this great uh, six years, seven years. Yeah, unbelievable. Really,
2: like if you think about when Ireland... Like, he's still banned from international football, I think, to this day, because he was sent off after the, after person, the game yeah. against Turkey. You know, but that was in 2000. Yeah. Do you know, like, our, well, 99 uh, for Euro 2000. Like, you know, he really, really, stra- that's his international career. He still went on after that. So it's a bri- it's a brilliant, brilliant, like, second half of, our, you know, last third of his career.
1: Yeah. Um, and brilliant media career as well. I mean, yeah, the times for 20 plus years, talk
0: sport 20 plus years. That's no joke over there, that kind of longevity. Uh, Bukayo Saka, Richie? Yeah, new long-term deal for him at Arsenal. His new uh, one keeps him at the Emirates until 2027. He's going to earn in around 200 grand a week there. Saka, who's nominated for the Premier League player of the season, scored 14 times during the current season.
1: If Leinster aren't a great team for losing three finals while winning four, then Mayo aren't at the races, says Angus in YouTube. I suppose we're talking about very different teams here in, from a Leinster point of view. Like, mm-hmm. you can't say Leinster have won uh, four, I mean, Johnny Sexton has won four. Yeah, but who else? Who else on that team? They said
2: how many the finals
1: have they lost? This is three now, and the semi-finals feel like finals. And they were in a final in
2: 2018, so they're there or thereabouts. They're, they're the problem is, and I was thinking about this actually, yesterday because we were asked about the the coaches, and it's like you're grading on a curve. You absolutely are, and it's it's unfortunate. But like, there's an argument that Leinster are the best club team in the world and we just there's there's definitely a little old ireland attitude that we have sometimes to this like there's with the resources and with the players and the, like i mean they don't have endless resources they don't have a benefactor or anything like that but the way irish rugby is set up and the way leinster's rugby is set up they need to achieve you know what i mean and it's like so sorry that like a one point defeat isn't good enough you know leo and stewart you know two years in a row that's tough any other club you'd be saying they're you know, out out outplaying their coverage, but yeah. Lancer Le- aren't, you know, so they're obviously top three, top four, top two, but they need to be the best at least at some point you know what I mean it's like this yeah. doesn't have to last forever they're going into the you know there's, there's, these players aren't going to be there forever and we don't know what the next what the next generation yeah. is going and to
1: I, be I think you would win the odd final win one of three and then I think there's a real currency to the argument that look you can't win them all and these are tight margins yeah and there's other good teams yeah. and you're there and there you lose all three suppose. and the semi-final as well yeah. and and like at home as well that um, quarter-final to Saracens the Viva then it starts to be um, what was it Jerry said uh, the script is a, a little bit dog-eared at a certain point now. And they're not whacking in URCs.
2: You know, I know it's really, really tough with the schedule as well. But like, I mean, their number of, uh, of, of domestic titles hasn't been incredible over the last few years.
1: Lost last year. Did they win three in a row before that? Did they win three in a row finals? I can't remember. Yeah, I don't know. I don't That's the point. So. It's hard to remember. Uh, so, Wigan Athletic, Richie, relegated, however, McLean.
0: Yeah, James McLean is going to stay with Wigan despite the relegation to League One. Despite the belief that he was out of contract and perhaps even heading back to Derry City, the Republic of Ireland International has been listed among Wigan's retained players for next season. Fellow internationals Will Keane and Jamie McGrath have also been retained by Wigan. Who will start with a four-point penalty next season after failure to pay their players on time. This term, McLean was never present for them and indeed their player of the season.
1: Uh, now, I don't know why this story wasn't the top of the news round because I just <coughs> still can't get enough of it. Four <coughs> in a row, Joe, sorry. Four in a row. <laughs> yeah, before last of the row. storm so. I'm completely wrong
2: in that comment. Sorry yeah. about that.
0: Uh, 2 1 to Ireland, by the way, in that under 17 Group A game. Uh, It's uh, another goal for Ron Amelia, the St. Pat's youngster, who's gotten on the score sheet there. Uh, The DHL Stormers have stoked the fires, meanwhile, ahead of Saturday's URC grand final with Munster. Assistant coach Reader Lungwangi has defended their hooker, Joseph Dweba, for his celebrations that were captured in a video after Munster's semi final win over Leinster. Dweba was heard to roar the words, We are going to F them up. And Lungwangi says Dweba can back up his statements.
2: Yeah, look, Joseph is a very lovely player, you know. Uh, he's got a bit of a mouth on him, but he's one guy, you know, who usually backs up his words, you know. Um, but, you know, I, I mean, in, in saying what was said, it wasn't something that was meant to go out to the public and stuff like that. So it's not necessarily his fault, but, you know, if there's one guy that I would sort of back to back up his own words, it's Joseph. So it's not... Something that we really had a long chat about. At the end of the day, we respect Munster. probably the only team that we haven't beaten in the UFC. They're coming here, you know, with a strong team. So it's a team we, we respect highly.
1: That's pretty well handled, to be fair. He hasn't stoked that up as much as I was hoping for Richie.
0: He's saying if there's anybody who can back up these words, it's <laughs> Jason Weber, And his words were we're going to F them up. <laughs> I,
1: know. <So. laughs> I know. But he can't throw his own guy over the butt, over the, you know, the, the side. He has to, I, yes don't,
0: I don't think, I don't think he's thrown over the side. I don't think anybody would expect him to. Nor did I think anybody would really expect him to go, yeah, no, he, he's probably he is going to F them up in his own little way, which is, or less, what he's he said there. Like, there's a, there's a bit of a smirk about the Stormers going into this game that I like. There's there's comments from John Dobson who's very self deprecating as regards their uh, the the field there at the DHL Stadium, which we know is an absolute bog. Um, but they they have a little bit of a, a confidence smirk about them that I don't dislike. I think there's uh, there's an inner strength there, and they're looking to to prove a point. Mm. And I think those comments kind of belie that as well.
1: Yeah. Uh, last one Bobby on YouTube I met Teddy at a Spurs game a few weeks ago still in incredible shape and he's 57 years old oh don't tell me Teddy <laughs> Sheringham's 57 years I know years old. I know yeah it's getting
2: <laughs> he's getting cold there was a story about Sheringham like he was still playing was he like playing for West Ham when he was like played 40
0: played yeah, till he was 42 got to the cup final there was a story
2: him. that somebody did a feature with him or, or you know and he was in his like you know um house in London or wherever and the fridge really? just rem- had bottles of champagne yeah. and nothing else in it like yeah. you know and this is guy like he's a what a consummate professional this guy must be he's playing in the <laughs> Premier League until he's 41 like it's unbelievable you
1: know but uh yeah <laughs> I think Tony was saying like he's a slightly overactive thyroid or something which means he can't put on weight <laughs> <Just> <laughs> but surely it, can, it, it surely can't be just weight though as well like I mean there's it's, it's probably Trains. Trains, I, I know, guess. but like yeah. Oh, no, I know what you're <laughs> saying. Champagne only diet. First five yards were in his head, Mick. Don't know if you heard that about Teddy Sheringham. Yeah, good player. S A S, but he was a good player. Sheringham, oh, oh, spectacular
2: player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about that teams, like you know, because the England say with Shearer, right? Yeah. That, you know, uh, now and Sutton was the SAS, but sorry, Sheringham was always picked with Shearer at yeah. England, and you had Chris Sutton for example you had Andy Cole Robbie Fowler Ian all Wright. these lads Ian Wright all these lads who were scoring 30 goals a year in the Premier League and it was like it was always sharing
1: him yeah. that was the guy to make the best to get the most out of Shearer Watch that beautiful opening of the body and side foot pass to Shearer in the Holland game that's why he's in the team Yeah. it's just that good uh, We are pretty much done Richie thank you very much
0: uh, nice Mason Melia as I mentioned, getting that second goal for Ireland. There's, uh, what, 28 minutes on the clock there in Hungary. So looking good so far for Colin O'Brien's side. And, and it's it's,
1: it's a case, Richie, a win puts them through. No they need goal, a win. Goal yeah, a,
0: a, okay. no, a, a draw essentially would, uh, I think, put Hungary through uh, just based on uh, previous records. But yeah, they need to win uh, to go through and touch what's gone uh, good on that front so far.
1: OK, very good. Thank you, Richie. Michael, thank you very much. Cheers, lads. Thanks.